Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I see some folks from uh, TLC here. Reverend Bonnie's church. Reverend Bonnie is up there. And then we have a couple other people from TLC down here. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so good to have folks visiting each other's churches, isn't it? And making it even more of a lovely day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, welcome and good morning to everybody and those of you who are visiting. Uh, those of you who are from TLC already know who I am, but for those of you who are watching and you don't know who I am, I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid, and I am so excited and charged up <laughs> to be here. Nothing like dancing to get you started. I want to um, let those of you who are visiting know that there are welcome packets outside that you can take one if you want, and so that you can learn more about our beautiful church. Oh, man. And then 
If you have a chance, come downstairs with us after church today for our fellowship gathering. As Lauren was saying, there's a birthday card down there for my birthday from last week. You can sign and put a little message on it. If you cannot make it downstairs, please at least come and say hi to me so that I can at least acknowledge you. It's nice seeing your faces, but I'd love to say hi before you leave out, okay? Okay. And now, on Wednesday, August 17th, we are going to be having a gong meditation. It's going to be exciting with uh, Christopher Davis. It's going to be in-person only. Normally, our meditations are both in-person and online, but this one you'll get the full benefit if you come in person. So that'll be August 17th at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary, and the love offering, the suggested love offering is $20. I think you'll really like it. I did when I went. Our World Day of Prayer service is going to be on Wednesday, September 7th at 7 p.m. That will be in person and on YouTube. I put Zoom, but it's YouTube. It'll be on, should I should say YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, I'll correct it. It'll be led by our prayer chaplain. And I'm really excited about that service. The Unity World Headquarters service, which is going to be an online service, starts that same day, but it starts at 7 p.m. our time. I mean, uh, 8 p.m. our time. So if you want to get a little bit more of the beautiful energy of World Day of Prayer, you can go online to um, be a part of their online service, but you got to register first. So that means you got to go to go.unity.org slash WDOP. My next class is coming up. It is entitled Know Thyself. It will be starting on September 13th. It'll go to November 15th. It'll be on Tuesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 8.45 p.m. And this class offers a deeper understanding of prayer, your higher self, and our life purpose. And I'd love for you all to join me in this so we can open the door for a greater, more powerful life full of prosperity, full of joy, full of health, and um, also full of peace. We need a lot of peace in this world, you know? It's inside of us, and we need to be able to radiate it out. So join me. You do need the book, Know Thyself, by Richard Lynch. It is available on smile.amazon.com, and I found out it's also available at Walmart. On September 18th, we are putting our money where our mouth is for our critical conversations. For the last couple years, we've been having these critical conversations between white and black and brown people where we're coming together with a deeper understanding of each other's perspective. And the intention is to create a to do our part to create a more loving and healing consciousness within our spiritual community and then as we go out into the world. Well, Victoria Eurista, who's one of our um, members who's been participating, came up with the idea of doing a silent auction for Brian Stevenson's Equal Justice Initiative. So I'm excited about this fundraiser. And so think about what you can maybe donate that can be auctioned off. Maybe something from your talents, maybe something from your services. You can make a gift basket, you can buy gift cards, whatever you can think of that's creative that can help us get our goal. We got a, a pretty good goal, it's $5,000, and I know we can make it. So we will be having that auction on September 18th um, between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m., so before services and then after services at 11, after our service at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. There will be refreshments there, there will be music there, and more. And for those people who are other churches that want to come take a look, we're going to have an early preview. So you can come in on September 11th, and you can take a look, and you can start your early bids. But that will be after service between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. Now, if you want to make your donations and bring in your items, we've already had a couple people already start donating, which I'm really excited about. You can do that between today and September 6th. On Sundays, before service and after service, the times are already listed up there, you can come in and you can see Lois Jones. She'll take your, um, your donations and write out your slip for you. And then on Tuesdays, starting next week, because I won't be here this week, I'll be on vacation, but starting next week, uh, Victoria Eurista will be here from 2.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. I am really excited about this. Aren't you guys excited about doing something to help... Because the Equal Justice Initiative organization, um, Brian Stevenson has started this organization to help those people who are um, black and brown people who have been treated unfairly, 
who may be poor and cannot get uh, appropriate representation, and those who are on death row who are unjustly put on death row. So it's important for us to do our part. So I'm excited about this. I think I covered everything. Uh, if you want to do a monetary donation because you don't really have anything that you want to donate, you can do that. But just make sure you specify that it's for the uh, auction. And then, let's see. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I will. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so then let's see. Um, I think I got that covered. And then also, we're going to be um, starting a health and wellness ministry. Lynette Kelly and I, she's one of the chaplains, is starting a health and wellness ministry. And this is to create an opportunity to pro provide holistic services, information, and resources. So if you guys have any information, any resources, any ideas that you want to help, please at least see me or email me at seeyourministeratunityfh.com. But what I want you to do is fill out the survey that we have online so we can see what we need in our church. Does that make sense? So go to unityfh.com, click on About Us. When that form, that survey opens up, fill it out so we can know what you're asked, what you'd like, what you desire for us to be able to show, uh, uh, provide for you all. And for everything that I'm talking about, you can look on our Facebook page, you can look on our website, you can go to unityfh.com, or Matthew sends out the newsletter as well, so you can look through the newsletter on Fridays. If you want to get our newsletter, please go online, scroll to the bottom of the page on the home screen, and you can fill that out, and you can get our newsletters. Our um, prayer chaplain for today is, I thought it was Sharon, is it going to be you, Eileen? Okay, Eileen Lindbergh will be our prayer chaplain for today. She's holding sacred space for us, and she'll be in the back near the patio doors to pray with you after service. I think that covers everything. If not, look on our Facebook page and our website and our uh, newsletter. What'd you say? It's a lot, right? I like it. I like coming back with a bang. So let us prepare our hearts and minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer by listening to the music team with their beautiful voices sing Shirley to Preston. for the daily word Sunday July 17 2022 trust today we affirm I place my trust in God let's affirm that together I place my trust in God <clears throat> our message reads few things are greater are a greater comfort than deep and abiding trust in God when I trust I move more confidently through life I feel the wind at my back and am made strong in the face of adversity. In the past, I may have felt disappointed when I misplaced my trust. The things of the world are impermanent. Even people come and go. The truth of God as the one presence and power in the universe and as my life is everlasting, unchanged, and unchanging through all the seasons of life. Even as I grow, evolve, and deepen in spiritual understanding, God is always my source, the inspiration I return to again and again. My freedom to seek and discover lies in the awareness that I can always trust in God. Our Bible verse today is from Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever, 
For in the Lord God, you have an everlasting rock. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me. Take a deep breath. Allow your attention to float down into the center of your chest, which is your heart center. This is where our, our awareness of our relationship with God connects with our awareness of our relationship with ourselves and the world. Take another deep, deep breath and tune into a feeling of love. It is from the consciousness of love that we pray. There is only one power and one presence active in our lives and in the universe, and that is God, the good omnipotent. We acknowledge your presence within us, God, knowing that because you are everywhere present and absolute good, absolutely, you dwell within us, which makes us absolute good, absolutely as well, whether we are acting as if we know it or not. We open our minds to that awareness, letting our hearts be filled with the consciousness of that truth. We release everything that blocks us from feeling your presence in this moment. We take another deep breath, breathing in a feeling of love. And as we exhale, we release, we let go, and we let you purify anything within us that no longer serves us into a higher vibration of truth. We are ready for today's message. We are open for today's message. And we are willing to follow through with what we are urged to do as we become living expressions of your word and your message. And God, we just sit in that knowing just for a little bit that we are the word of God. Just take another deep breath and breathe that in. I am the word of God. Breathe it in one more time. I am the word of God. Breathe in deeply that consciousness. And do it one more time. Breathe in. I am the word of God. Let that truth resonate within you just for a little bit. God, we thank you for your beautiful love that loves us no matter what and that spark of divinity that awakens and alivens and quickens the word of God inside of us. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. Ooh, that music just lulls me. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let us go ahead and affirm our growth affirmation together as well. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, 
and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Can we give them another hand, please? And you know what? Um, when people sing, you can sometimes hear that they're singing their truth. I have a feeling when you were singing, I will trust in you, you were singing the truth to God. And, and uh, I always say, if you have a melodious voice, I sing, I don't have a melodious voice, but I sing anyway, um, that you lift up your voice, you lift up your prayers, that song that's our way that's our gift so <clears throat> those of you who can sing 
sing your prayers out and sing that trust out because it opens up and it sends out a beautiful vibration into the world. So thank you again for that beautiful song, Lauren, and to our music team as well. Uh, you always come up. One of the things that I love about spirit, and especially when you have a music team that is more of a music ministry than a music team, they call themselves a band, which they are the baddest band to me in unity, but there's a music ministry that underlies the songs that they pick for the powers of the month. And also, they intuitively have an idea of what's coming up. I may tell Nicholas what my themes are, but somehow they always come up with songs that are perfect for my talk. So thank you for that. Thank you to you all. I just wanted to give you some kudos. So <clears throat> I always start off with something cute and funny. This lady was at her new job, and she was talking to her coworkers. And they were asking her about her last job. And one of her coworkers, her new coworkers, happened to say, so what made you leave your last job? And she said, oh, it was something that my boss said. And her coworker said, really? What was it? She said, you're fired. <laughs> Luckily, I, well, I did hear that before. I was about to say I haven't heard it before, but I did. I heard that before. You know, when a, a company's downsizing, I was working at a jewelry company, and they were downsizing, and I happened to have the, I was just hired in, so they had to let me go. So I heard that before, too, you're fired. <laughs> so this month is the month of spiritual understanding, and we've already been discussing that there's a difference between intellectual understanding and spiritual understanding, and how spiritual understanding moves from the logical way of thinking into the spiritual way of experiencing. When you experience the Word of God versus knowing and understanding on a logical level, and then you become that experience of the Word of God, that's spiritual understanding. And the disciple that represents understanding is Thomas, because Thomas represents that shift into spiritual understanding. And, it, and he wasn't even, when he doubted that Jesus was resurrected, it was interesting because he said that he wanted to see the holes first be, and touch them before he would believe that Jesus resurrected. Because when Jesus showed himself the first time to the disciples, he was, Thomas wasn't there. The beautiful thing that I love about Jesus and about spirit and about God is that God will meet you where you are. Jesus met Thomas where he was. So when he showed up before them again, he said, touch the holes that you may see it. Now that you see it, now that you understand this intellectually, let's move you into a spiritual understanding. He said, blessed are those who trust that do not have to see. And so as we move into this, this is perfect as we move into our study of the parables of Jesus. Last week we talked about why Jesus used parables, and we went into the understanding that Jesus used parables to meet people where they were. But a deeper reason why Jesus used parables is because it takes a spiritual level of understanding to understand the spiritual truth of parables. Parables are earthly stories that represent earthly situations, those in everyday life situations, but they have a spiritual truth underneath it. It's different than um, a story that has a moral. A moral to the story is this, do unto others as you'd have on always be nice, to always be good. The spiritual under the um, parables, in the middle of the parables, is a spiritual truth that underlies everything Jesus is talking about. So that means that every single aspect of the parable that Jesus shares in these stories, represents some phase in consciousness of us. And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore believe that the Bible, the Bible represents phases in our consciousness. Where we move from a genesis, which is our potential, and being alive and open to being whatever we can be, even these powerful forms of imagination. If you remember when you were a child, you had this huge imagination and then you move through degeneration, uh, uh, which is when you start doubting. You start having mistrust. You start having these issues that block you from being the full expression of the potential that's in the seed of your consciousness. And then we go through regeneration, which will move us into what will be the New Testament, which is a, a reawakening to who you are. And then a commitment to move into living that truth that you know. And we know that's which unity principle. Number five, right? The fifth unity principle that it is not enough to know the truth. We must live the truth that we know. So as we study these parables, one of the things that we said last week is that Jesus talked about those 
that the disciples would be able to understand the secrets of the parables, but other people wouldn't because their hearts were hardened and they didn't have the eyes to hear, I mean, the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And so what I ask us to do right now is take a deep breath, gently close your eyes, take another, a deep breath, and thank God, thank you God, that I have the eyes to see and the ears to hear from a soft heart that is open and receptive. Thank you, God. Amen. And so now let's move into the first parable we're going to study today, which is the parable of the farmer scattering the seed. And this comes from in Matthew chapter 13, verse, I'm going to read from verse 1 through 9. And this is when Jesus starts to talk in parables. And the disciples, we already went through last week, the middle of this parable, where the disciples asked, um, why is it that you talk in parables? And that's when he went into describing why. And so now we're going to go into the first parable that he was, that he, they have written down that he was saying. It's verse 17, I mean 13 in Matthew. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Now, before we go any further in this, this reminds me of when we started studying the Beatitudes and went into the Sermon on the Mount. Because if you remember, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says that Jesus was walking, the crowds came in, Jesus went up on the side of the mountain, and he sat down. The disciples gathered around him and stood, and then he opened his mouth and spoke. This is the same type of thing. Jesus comes out of his house, goes and sits by the lake. When you come out of your house, you're coming out of your human experience of being inside of yourself, and you're going out. To be by the lake means you're coming out of the human into the spiritual. Because in some translations or versions of this, it says he went and sat by the sea. The sea is open, it's spiritual consciousness. So when you're committing yourself to be rooted in truth, in the truth of God, that is what he's talking about. He sat in it which means to root yourself in it. But this is what happens. Whenever we start to root ourselves in a new learning, in a new thing that we're working on, all these thoughts start to rush in and crowd our minds. It represents the people coming and crowding Jesus. Now, he had already been doing all of these healings, and he had become really popular, so people wanted to be around him and touch him so that they could get healed, not for the spiritual truth he had to give them, but for the healing they had to receive. Because you have to sometimes meet a person at the human illness, the human issue that has their attention, and once you get that away, you have their attention. Does that make sense? So here, he comes out of the house. He sits by the lake. The crowds see him and start rushing in. You come out of your situation. You start sitting in your truth. Your thoughts start to rush in. Look what he did. It says, then he got in a boat. In Matthew chapter, one, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, he went up on the side of a mountain. He get, got in a boat and he got away from so that they could hear him as he was speaking. It was like an amphitheater where he was, where he got, where the water and all of that, it sent his voice out into the crowd. And sometimes we need to step away even deeper from what we're going through, and we need to sit in it and talk to our circumstance, talk to those thoughts in our minds that are criticizing, that are worrying, that are stressing, that have these illnesses, that are re, um, recycled thoughts in your mind. Don't you know that 80% of your thoughts or more are recycled thoughts in your mind, and most of them are thoughts that go against you? And that's just the truth. That's just the really, really truth. And so then he opens his mouth, and he starts telling a parable. Remember, an earthly story. He met them where they were. So he shared stories that represented things that they were doing in their lives so that he can catch their attention, and then he gave them the spiritual meaning underneath it. But some people didn't come to hear the meaning. Some just people came just for the entertainment of it. Some people came to be around each other because it was a social thing. Some people came to criticize so they can pick Jesus apart, like the Sadducees, the rabbis, and the Pharisees. And some people really, truly wanted to know the truth. Don't you know that's how people are in church? It ain't changed in 2,000 years. So, this is the first parable. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered these, them across the field, 
Some seeds fell upon a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying, underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have roots, they died. Let's deal with these two. Let's start off with dealing with these two first. And then we'll keep going. One of the beautiful things about when Jesus talked and when he spoke, he didn't use allegories. He did use analogies. But there's always something spiritual in it. And when you look at this, as the farmer scatters the seeds, I got two truths in this when I sat with this. I love how God is. The first one is the farmer represents a person who you're listening to or reading or studying that is giving out spiritual truth, that is, un that is sharing spiritual ideas with us. And it, the seed is the truth that will be absolute. And the truth about the truth that is the truth is the seed is already planted inside of you. It's the truth of God. It's the word of God. It's the understanding of God. It's the law of God. It's the principles of God that's already rooted in your consciousness. The truth is the seed was planted in your consciousness when God conceived you in God's mind before you were conceived in your mama's womb. That seed is sitting inside of you waiting to be ignited, waiting to be planted, waiting to be dropped down into a, a specific type of soil. The soil that Jesus is talking about here that is the footpath represents a consciousness because the soil represents different phases of consciousness. And we go through these different phases of consciousness. The first phase of consciousness is when you just shut off. You're so caught up in the human world. You're so caught up in your victimhood. You're so caught up in what's going on and who's zooming who and all in they zooming when they do when they doing they zooming. And you helping they zooming because you gossiping about they zooming and giving the energy to the zooming, which keeps the zooming going. Poor me, poor me. And then when you try to talk to them and share with them, because you can see that they're hurting, your heart goes out and you try to share with them a truth. They don't want to hear it. Because the truth is somebody, sometimes people are so attached to their issues, their victimhood, and their problems that it becomes such a companion that they don't know what they'll be without it. They don't want to hear you tell them to leave it. And that's just the truth. So when you plant a seed, when you talk about the, the parables, when you share the parables, they enjoy the parable on a surface level because they don't want to go deeper yet, and it's a spiritual maturity. They're going to get there because God's still working with them. They're going to get there, but just not in the time that they're hearing it. So they may be in church. They love the music. They love the story. They're uplifted by it, and that's where it goes. No further than that. They love the socializing. They love the hugs and the unity. Well, we ain't doing it so much because of COVID. But one of the things unity is known for is the hugging. And sometimes that's the only hug people will get. And so they come to church for that. But they're so stuck in the human, that's all they get. That's the footpath. Because as you walk across a path over and over again, it just packs down, packs down, packs down. And there's nothing that can get there. So it said the, the, seeds, the seeds are planted and the birds come and take it up. They, drip, they blow away. The birds don't even have to come. They just can blow away when the wind blows because you don't catch it. It's like vroom. And it's okay. That's just one phase of being receptive to the world that's actually not at all receptive. So the different types of soil Jesus is talking about is the different varying degrees of receptivity. And that means the person's not. So you just sit with their consciousness and thank God that God's working with them. And when they're ready, they'll move forward. Amen? Amen. The next uh, soil that was the plants that sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. That's the next step up. Right next to the, the pathway is, some, is soil that isn't as packed down, but it isn't as deep. It's just rock, it's soil with rocks in it. And you plant the seeds, and the seeds will root real quickly because there's soil there. And they can get some of the nutrients from that soil. 
But because it's rocks and because it's nothing that it can go deeper, that it can root itself in, it, it, when the sun comes, it burns away because it doesn't have something that's rooted in it to get the nutrients and water from the soil, so it burns away. And that's the consciousness of those of us where I was there before, the consciousness of those of us who get caught up in the Word, who understand the Word, get excited about it, go to a class and you know these principles and you're learning, you're ready to go and you're ready to get going and life takes over and you kind of zoom away. Kind of like a resolution that we make in the beginning of the year and we get gung-ho into it and then we lose our steam and go back to where we were before. Because that's what we're familiar with. We haven't rooted ourselves in the new yet. So the first person says, how you going to do that? <laughs> I don't know. How am I going to do that? Now that little encouragement and feeling of inspiration that you got is snuffed out and taken away by human consciousness coming over. That's when the ego hijacks your mind again. And sometimes the ego can be uh, ignited to hijack your mind when those naysayers are around you. So when you get in that moment where you're starting to move into a new truth, only tell the people who will help nourish that truth. Stay away from those who will steal it from you because those are the ones who walk the, walk, the footpath and want you to be there with them. Does that make sense? We are here to be fruitful and multiply, but we got to do the work ourselves. We can't rely on what he said, she said. We can't rely on pleasing somebody else. They got their own life and they may not be doing all well, so how are they going to tell us what to do? In your life right now, think about it. When you get an excited idea, when something exciting happens to you, who is the first one you choose to call? That'll let you know the soil you're in. And then when you call them, pay attention to how you feel when you hang up the phone. Seriously. Seriously. And then don't call them again until you get rooted in what you're doing. Unless you're committed because you can be snatched away. I remember when I first started in Unity and I uh, started reading the Unity books and I started uh, the lesson, Lessons in Truth. Ooh, that was a powerful book for me from Emily Cady. And I was reading it, I was just absorbing it and sucking it in. And I was talking to my mother, and I had started going to Renaissance Unity, and I was talking to my mother, and my mother was like, they're brainwashing you. Is that a cult? And I was like, I don't know, is it a cult? Because I was so caught up in what my mama had to say and what she felt about me, I let it move me away for a minute. But then I couldn't for long because I had already committed myself to God, and I, was so I felt so good to, uh, to get that. So when I went back, I ain't talked to my mama like that anymore. When I talked to my mother, I said, look what I did, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm committed in what I'm doing. So she knew not to try to talk me out of it because I already told her I'm committed. I'm just sharing with you my truth. So when you use your words to share with people, they tell, it tells you whether to back off or you can encourage them to keep on discouraging you. Does that make sense? We teach people how to love us by how we respond to them when we share our truth. The next person, in the next, it says, verse 7, other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Now, what happens here? You notice the thorns grew up, choked out the tender plant. Because thorns grow in the same type of soil that healthy plants grow in. This is a consciousness that is rooted in its own thing in selfish consciousness. You can have someone who uses the truth, uses the law, uses the principles. You can have someone that does that and is not rooted in love, but they can prosper. You look at all these celebrities who got all this money and they are so unhappy, committing suicide, hooked on drugs, and all this stuff because they're not rooted in their truth. It's not your money. It's not, it's not the resources. 
It's the consciousness of God. And in that seed is a spark of spiritual understanding that is a spark of spiritual experience. And that's what our souls really want is that experience of the truth of God. And then when you experience the truth of God, everywhere you go, you want to share that truth of God. You don't want to ram it down anybody's throat, but you want them to let them experience you as you're experiencing the truth because the seed will blossom in any kind of soil or it won't blossom at all if there is no soil. If you root it in the wide gate, which is the, the narrow, the uh, worldly consciousness, there is no real soil there. Are you getting this? Yes. So there are people in this world, I'm going to be real with y'all, because I keep thinking about how this is connected to society, to our consciousness, and to what we're trying to do in this world. And what we're trying to do in the United States is shift the consciousness of the United States. We're trying to shift it to where black and brown people can be treated just as fairly as white people. And it's not rooted in how white people are necessarily. It's rooted in the system that was created by the consciousness of white people who created this, the United States in the first place. It's a history that keeps repeating itself over and over again, and we need to change that. Those are the thorns that have taken up the consciousness and used it for their their own good for their selfish profit, and they're not willing to allow others to come up. That's what this consciousness is. And that's just the truth. That's what this consciousness is. Anytime you see someone who is in a selfish place where they're working and prospering and they don't want to share and their heart is hardened, they are not truly experiencing heaven on earth. They're not. They're in this world and of this world at the same time. And I promise you, you can use spiritual law. You can use positive thinking to go forward, but it's not constructive thinking to change the consciousness in you or the world. Does that make sense? That's why critical conversations mean so much to me. And I promise you, I know that sometimes I might be in a threatening place. I might be in a dangerous place as I sit and share this thing. And as people are watching that I'm talking about, this United States is not healthy. White supremacy is not healthy. That's the thorns coming up in the consciousness of using and standing on the backs of others. And that's just the truth. And it makes people feel uncomfortable. But I want us to get uncomfortable with feeling uncomfortable because that's the only way we can move into the rich soil that moves us up into doing something that makes a movement in this world that nobody can stop. Amen? Amen. So anytime you feel yourself in a state of selfishness, you're right there a thorn. You let the ego hijack your mind. Because remember, the soil represents your consciousness. You let the ego hijack it and you're walking in human consciousness. Root it and creating. You will create whatever it is where your consciousness is. That seed doesn't matter what soil is planted in, it will produce. You want infinite limitation? You have it. You want limited, separa infinite separation? You'll have it. You want infinite illness and issues in your life? You'll have it because that is the thorn that you're caught up in. I say let's pull out the roots of those thorns. Let's pull them out and dig down deep. Before you can really plant a nice garden, don't you got to pull up the weeds in it? Don't you got to pull up the thorns in it? That brings us to the next so soil. The next soil is the fertile soil, and it says here that... Other seeds fell upon, what? Well, still, other seeds fell upon fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. There's some deep business, y'all. I mean, seriously. It takes work, number one, to create a fertile ground. Now, we got some principles to work with. The first principle, there's only one power and one presence that's active in your life, God the good omnipotent. That right there, if you live in that consciousness, creates and starts to get a soil going inside of you. The seed of God is inside of you. I am the seed of God, together. I am the seed of God. And then it says that, the, um, that because God is everywhere present, God is one with you, which means you are absolute good, absolutely. When you live in that consciousness of being absolute good, absolutely, you look at yourself that way, but then you look at others that way as well, which means there's no judgment. Judgment can be a thorn up in there and a thistle up in there as well. 
and it keeps you from really producing from a consciousness of love. And that's just the truth. We have to go inside of our mind and target every single thing that is blocking us from being a full expression of God. And you know what it is when you look at those reoccurring thoughts and you're starting to feel some kind of way. Whatever you think about and you start feeling some kind of way, investigate it. Go deep down in there and dig it out by telling it the truth. Fourth unity principle, deny the power of what it is and affirm the truth of what it, the, 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 deny the power of what it looks like it is, because it ain't is, it ain't the truth. And affirm the truth of what it is. Does that make sense? I am absolute good, together. I am absolute good. Now, absolutely, absolutely. Look in your lives right now. Just close your eyes and take a deep breath. Is there something that you're dealing with right now? Are there thoughts in your mind right now? And even if there's nothing right there at the surface, are you aware that there's still underlying things inside of us from our childhood that need to be uprooted so that they don't take over like the thistles and the thorns and the weeds? And imagine the Spirit of God. Imagine a hand coming down and yanking it up and filling it up with fertile soil, fertilizer. Just putting, space, putting beautiful love in that space where there's this reoccurring feeling of whatever is there. Insecurity, not enough, unworthiness, whatever is there. Let it be filled up with the presence of God. Do you feel it? I am the seed of God together. I am the seed of God. I allow God to fertilize my mind with love together. I allow God to fertilize my mind with good, my love. Yes, love and good. And that, you can open your eyes now. That is just one way. Some people go to therapy. I've been to therapy a lot, and it has helped me. Some people use imagination, uh, visualization. That works for me, too. Some people use meditation and go in. That works for me, too. Whatever way works for you, you got to go into your consciousness, pull up those roots and create. And you don't just pull them up. You fill that space with love. The Bible says that when you clear out the demons, if you don't fill it up with something out, the Word of God, it'll come back and bring seven other with it which means when you release those old, worn-down, error-false thoughts from your mind, you have to start living the truth that you know. Otherwise, you will go back to the habits of what it was with a vengeance. With a vengeance. We are created to be that fertile soil that creates 30, 60, and even 100-fold. I want to create 100-fold. I don't know about y'all. I ain't settling for no 30. I ain't settling for no 60. I'm going for the full 100 and plus. So when I started going to my mother and father's house, and I mentioned this uh, uh, last week or the week before, and I started talking about my truth, and I started talking about my church, and I started talking about, because my ex-husband and I had started a church then, and I had started speaking. What you know about speaking? What you know? I know a lot. Because I know what God ordains, God sustains. And I may not be in ministerial school right now, but I still feel the Word of God, hear the Word of God, experience the Word of God, and got something to say, and I'm going to say it in my own church. Thank you very much. And that's what I said then. And they said, Okay. Well, I want to come hear what you got to say. I was like, oh, you do? And they came and heard what I got to say. My mama even sang at my church when I spoke. When you speak your truth and you're rooted in your truth, go deeper. Don't settle for what you know right now. Let that soil be more fertile. It can always, you can always get more fertile in God. You can always open your, we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply, but we're infinite beings, so we're not supposed to multiply up to a point where we can see. We're supposed to multiply past what we can see and continue to expand your territory. So we got the foreconsciousness, the footpath, that is the path that is, that, that is not open at all to the consciousness of God. And that's okay. We blessed them, and I've been there too. So I blessed myself in that too. And sometimes I don't want to hear what somebody got to say. I just ain't there. I'm that full. I need to be like, okay, let me, now I got to go back and fix myself. And then I have the times where I'm full of joy 
but I don't really understand what's going on, so it kind of falls to the wayside. And then I have had those moments, I did, where I was out for money. I was out for, you know, everything and, and trying to be prosperous and trying to be in management and trying to do this and get the money. But I always kept not doing it. And I, one of my girlfriends, when I was working at President Tuxedo, one of my coworkers, she got her check and she's like, oh, let me write my tithe right now. I'm like, what do you mean write your tithe right now? She's like, I tithe 10% every single time. I'm like, I don't know about no 10%. I'm in, in college and I, I make only a little bit of money. She said, until you tithe freely, you're 10%, you're going to always have money issues. And I did. And one day, and she said, start off by doing just a certain amount of money every single week, week that you get your check, even if you still got to pay your bills. And I did it. And she said, when you're ready, you'll move up. And every single time, I did it. But I kept having issues. I'd get money in the bank saved. My car would break down. I'd have to use all that money to get my car fixed. Or it stopped working altogether. I had to use that money to buy a new car. Or something happened. I had to use the money to move into a new apartment. Something always happened to take my little savings away. That little bit you have will be taken away. Until I went ahead and started tithing. 10% before taxes. You know you got your gross and your net. I tithe before the taxes. I have not had money issues since. I took the thistles and the thorns out of being caught up in the issues of the world and the issues of the what if, and I went into the what is. It is only until you move into what is the truth of your life and that you take the time to continue to cultivate. You, anybody got a garden? Have you planted seeds in that garden? Did you walk away and just let it be? What happened if you walk away and let it be? You know, you can go back next year and look at it. All these weeds and stuff will come up, right? And choke away all the stuff that you planted. Let us continue to till the garden of your consciousness. Let us continue to be open to the Word of God. Let us continue to move forward. Are you ready to do this with me? Yes. Okay. Now, y'all know. <laughs> Only a few. Okay, I'm going to give you another. Yes. <laughs> that didn't even sound like you mean it. Everybody else is just, uh, who, who are you talking to? Willis, who are you talking to? I'm going to ask y'all one more time. And let's do it like you know it. Are you ready to get started? Yes. Thank you. The reason I say that is because the power of your words determine the power of your demonstration. The power of your words determine the, determine the power of your creation. Are you ready to create beyond what you've ever dreamed of? Yes? Are you ready to create a fertile ground that moves you into being prosperous and even more prosperous than you could ever imagine? Yes. So then you have to commit to always going in when you feel some kind of way, check yourself. So that means to be mindful of what you're mining in your fullness of your being. Amen? Amen. I am ready to be the fertile ground together. I am ready to be the fertile ground. I am receptive. I am, receptive. I am open. I am ready to do the work. I am ready to do the work. I am ready to do the work. And let's end it with just I am. I am. All right, amen. amen. Thank you. Turn off the news when I 
I tell you, they always find the perfect songs. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Let us um, go ahead and take a deep breath and gently close your eyes. Breathing into a consciousness of prosperity, moving past your own little world into the word of God. And as we open our eyes, let us prepare to affirm our love offering blessing, knowing and feeling what God has led us to give as a donation to Unity of Farmington Hills. Together, divine love, through me, blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's stand up. And as you're standing up, I wanted for those of you who may need this, Smart now has a flex transportation that you can call up similar to Uber or, um, I don't know that other one. Lyft. Thank you. Lyft. And, you, and the um, information, is, I'm going to have Matthew put it on the website. Some people need a ride to church, and we may not always have someone to show, give you a ride to church. You can use Smart uh, Flex, so I just wanted you to know about that. Thank you, Barry, for giving me that information. Okay, let us um, take a deep breath. We're going to go ahead and close with our prayer for protection. But I want you to pray as if you're tuned into the whole universe, that what you're praying you know is your truth. Open yourself up to be that fertile ground as you speak these words, living these words, and experience them as if you spiritually understand them. Amen? Amen. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.